Hello and welcome to season two of Crazy Pastors. I'm your host, Christopher Cass. And I'm your other host, Ronnie Marriott. And this is Crazy Pastors. Today's episode is entitled Chasing Cool. So guys, I'm really excited to be back in the studio with you. We actually cool. have got, since we're talking about the topic of cool, we have added probably the coolest person on our staff. We have the inestimable Michael Glenn, our Hello. creative arts pastor. Michael, say something. Hi. Cool. Thanks yeah. for having me. Say something cool. No, really cool. Now. I don't think Go, I'm monkey. As, now. <laughs> I don't think I'm as cool as you just advertised, but I am well, very happy to be here. Yes. No, you are very cool. It's cool to have you here. We're we're thrilled to have you here. So what I want to talk about today is just this idea. We we kind of hinted at it in a former podcast, or I'm sorry, a previous podcast, hmm. about this idea that churches tend to get into these cycles where they are either chasing the next big thing all the time. And what was that acronym that was used? We've heard it recently, something about fear of missing out or something like that? FOMO. FOMO. You're missing out? Yes. Right. Or don't do it. Yeah. So we have the tension of that, but then we also have the other part of just chasing after cool things. Now, let me be the first to tell you, one of the reasons we have Michael Glenn on the podcast today is that my wife told me a long time ago <laughs> that I am not tough enough to own a truck and I'm not cool enough to have a tattoo. Oh. So wow. I just ride motorcycles and have a mohawk instead. Do you have either? Oh. Yes. Your hair's looking good today, by the way. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Brook cream's working. Yes. Yeah, so we let, let's just talk through that, right? So yeah. do do church am I wrong in this? Do some churches suffer from chasing after things that are cool? Well, sure they do. I mean that's kind of the the pressure I think a lot of churches feel to try to I think the ultimate goal is to grow and be significant and feel relevant and all that. And so by watching some of these other mega churches and things that they're able to do and focus on doing, there's that tendency to want to be like that and think, Well, I can do that too. You know, I can have something cool, a cool demonstration or whatever on stage and it's just a like you said once you do it once if that becomes your mo then you've got to chase that and get bigger and better every time or people lose interest and that just adds a whole new pressure to already pressurized ministry I think that's really at the heart of what I want to spend some time talking on is that I'm not suggesting that there's a problem being cool all of us know people that we that we see that are just cool by nature they really are they're people that I want to be like you like know, Fonzie. Fonzarelli certainly <laughs> is one, being the motorcycle guy that I am that fits oh, me, right? Perfect. But there's just friends and colleagues that I'm around that seem, and by the way, it's none of you guys. Well, thank but you. But some that of them, some of them dress really cool. <laughs> they are up to date on the latest things in their conversations. They seem to be well informed and cool. And then they have resources they talk about that I haven't discovered, and that's kind of cool to me. Yes, uh, and they're all unemployed. Well, most of them are at seminary. Okay. But no, I'm so sorry. That was terrible. <laughs> that was quick. That was good. That was cool. Thank you. Nice. So let, let's just start with this. Can we identify just in the room in our own histories things that we've seen churches do that we would classify as chasing cool? Just some oh. examples of things that we've seen. Sure. <laughs> I think the LED wall. Right. Right. So that's, again, those are cool and they're great tools to be able to use no doubt about it and that's kind of the line i guess sometimes if they have a purpose but again some some people are just like well hey that church has that i want to do that right. and it adds nothing has no value and they can't afford it <laughs> you know so why why try to do that and mimic something that's just it's not you it doesn't even fit your culture right so that's where the kind of like, danger comes i agree in. with that like the first time i ever saw an led wall was uh, i'd love it, to have one well who wouldn't yeah, i'd love yeah. to have one in my house yeah i do 
But the first time I ever encountered one was at Saddleback in California, and they had the entire wall on the stage behind all the musicians and everything is all a humongous, massive LED panel. And they could be accused of chasing cool to have the first ever humongous LED panel, but really the reason that they had it was because of the way that they built their sanctuary that is on two walls, the full length of the sanctuary is floor-to-ceiling glass so that you have perpetual outside light just pouring into this place. Mm -hmm. And the only way at that time, at least, to get something bright enough to be seen in the room was through LED panels. So they they had functionality behind it. And I'll even say this, one other thing bragging on them. When I was there doing some work with them years ago, there were not, I don't know if they'd be called pixels, but there were were segments of their LED wall that were not working (laughs) and they didn't care. Yeah. Right. right. Now that would freak me out, yeah. but they were so utilitarian in the midst of being designed by Disney. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. Thanks for dropping the name Rick Warren. You I did guys, not do that. You guys sir. were hanging out. <laughs> you did that. Well, let's. Yeah. Okay. Let's make that connection. Um, but you talk about that. Okay. So here's a mega church. I would not classify Rick Warren as a cool guy. No. Nor trying would to he. Be personally, trying to be cool. Yeah. He's just Rick is who he is. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And that's that's cool. That's that authenticity. Now you know what they do with other stuff. Maybe a little different, but I think that's so. Here's an evidence of a guy that's not trying to be cool, yet mm-hmm. super impactful. He's just who he is, right, on stage and off, and that's that's a that's a cool thing, really. Yeah, yeah. I I think to your point about Rick, I think when you're authentic, that's what that's what lasts. Yes, that's why people definitely. have lasted so long in that church and why they've grown and why they continue to grow and why he continues to be effective and a, and yeah. a respected voice. I, mean, I think we all want to be a respected voice. We all want to have influence. We talked about that before. And I think back to the, you know, the, the question of, of, of how have churches done this? How, how have they had tried to chase this, this never-ending chase? Right. I think we also have to, at least for myself, admit that we've done that and that we can, it's a continual pressure even to do that, yes. to chase this thing of being cool. And, and I, I kind of cringe when I look back in ministry and, and think about some of the things that we did as a church staff to try to chase <laughs> those things. So we are not exempt. Uh, it's something that is a temptation. It is something for us to continually remind ourselves to have in check, I think, uh, and, yeah. and that authentic piece, I think, is a good way to weigh that. Yes. I, I agree with you completely. I mean, so we have this everything in balance, right? Everything yeah. requires balance. You know, we're finally stepping into technology 20 years old and going to voice over IP in our phone system here at the church, <laughs> breaking away from our 1985 phone system. Rotary phones? Well, almost. It's a crank. Correct, um, yes. Yeah. But I have to admit, I'm susceptible to this. I'm looking at all the equipment and hardware we're going to buy, and mm. am I going to get the full touch screen on the phone and, you know, that runs all my apps and plays music and does all these things that I'll never use? Or do I get just a basic functional phone for everyone right. that'll do the job? Well, since this is crazy pastors, there's a there's a crazy pastor story I have related to this. There was a pastor here locally in the DFW area that had come into a church and he was making some big changes and really trying to make the whole church cool into in their context. And I just never forget, we saw he and his staff at a conference one time at a whatever, church conference or something, and they were all dressed alike. Mm. <laughs> they all had the, like the sports coat with the mock turtleneck on, oh, every yeah. one of them. Because that's the way the pastor dressed. So it looked like the pastor and his little minions. Like a cult. You know, <laughs> I was like, that is just not cool, you know. And eventually things fell apart there. But it was kind of like, 
you guys doing, man? Do you know how goofy you look trying to be so cool? You look like dorks. I remember that. I played at a golf tournament, and it was a charity church golf tournament, and this foursome rolls in. They're all from the same church. They're wearing, they, they are dressed up like Payne Stewart. They've got knickers on. they got the high socks. they got the cabbie hats. Yeah. And I'm sure they thought they were cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, my word. They weren't trying to Maybe be Maybe they thought they were Ryder Cup material. Yeah. It was just That wasn't a joke. Not, they were... Yeah, yeah, they were serious about it. Yeah, so it was a joke. So, yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I remember... I, I'm certainly at fault for wanting to have cool things. I remember the one of the churches I served at walking in, there really was nothing on the church that was cool at all. I mean, mm-hmm. not a single space in the church could be identified as cool or desirable as a hangout spot. So the very first thing that we did is we remodeled a space, made it a coffee shop, brought in premium furniture, brought in lighting designers to do all the lighting to make it just a super attractive, cool place to hang out. And we did it to set a standard for the rest of the facility as we made changes. But it, I think where I get on cool, my problem with cool, is that too many times we chase after something that is cool, whether it's environmental projection, which was super duper cool, you know, 15 years ago, and it's still being used really well around the country. Shout out to Cameron Ware and Visual Worshipper for all of his work. Thank you, Cameron. Yeah, thank you, Cameron. So it's still kind of cool, but my concern is when we think that it's going to increase the effectiveness of the gospel and it doesn't, then it's easy to look back at a million dollars spent and go, what in the world did we just do? Yeah. And our church hasn't grown, our reputation in the community hasn't grown, and we've just spent a bunch of money on stuff. Yeah. That's what I have a problem with. Sure. Well, I think it spills in personally as well. You know, I mean, I'm over 40 now, and so, you know, (laughs) trying to... I'm sorry, audience. That was fantastic. But, (laughs) uh, you know, but trying to dress like I'm in my 20s and and having... But you pull it off. Having kids, you know, nobody wants to see me in skinny jeans, right? That's just not... No afflicted shirts, please. I don't need holes in my jeans to to preach on Sunday morning. But, you know, there's guys that do that. They're in their 60s or whatever, and they're trying to look like they're back in their 30s. But you do have the coolest penny loafers. There's no doubt about that. thank you very much. Well, there are vintage pennies in there. It's missing the pennies, actually. (laughs) You need some more. Yeah, I, I drew my own... But it's that kind of idea, okay, so you wouldn't do that personally, right? Try to look like something you're not. So why do we think that on stage on a Sunday morning that that's going to be attractive to people? We read an article the other day that said we don't want our pastors to be cool. Mm-hmm. We don't want you to be hip. Don't worry about all that stuff. Just be who you are. Mm-hmm. Authentic, and that draws us. Share what's going on in your life. Yeah. Let people into your world. But don't you think that kind of stems from the whole celebrity mentality? Yeah. Kind of we've been going through recently yes. with pastors feeling like they have to be the celebrities, that we all need to be on TV. Now, one of the coolest guys, this is not an age thing, and it's not a dress thing. One of the coolest guys I know is in, I forget, Nevada, Phoenix, one of those deserty places. <laughs> and his, his, his name's Johnny Wyatt. And he was leading church at a humongous church out there at 70 plus years old with a, elect, he led front and center, lead vocals, lead guitar, electric, and he would, just killed it. Yeah. Crushed it. The guy was a poet, a photographer, a cinematographer in his 70s, dressed like a 20-year-old, but pulled it off. It was believable. He was just way cool, right? So we're not talking about what you dress or what you wear. It's the authentic issue. Yeah, I think that's the the key. You know, and that's, as I've said before, I mean, I preach with an iPad and my Bible, and people say, oh, you know, you're trying to be cool or hip, or that's awesome. No, I can 
enlarge the letters so I can see them better. <laughs> and it's <laughs> it's lighted, so you know, in the room's dark, I can read better. It's functionality is that over important. forty issues. It's that over forty, yeah, okay. you know, yeah. in, in heavy cataracts. So. Well, in, in, uh, in full disclosure, as like I said earlier, you know, I'm susceptible as well. So one of the things. My wife said I can't get tattoos, but I have several piercings that I think can give me street yes. cred. Mm. So I'm yeah. excited about that. <laughs> hey, Michael, one of the things you and I have talked about previously, I forget if it's a blog or if it's an Instagram channel or what it is, but talk to us about the pastors and sneakers thing. Oh, yeah. Preachers and sneakers. Oh, yes. Because that rhymes Yes. Better. You know, preachers and sneakers, I think they changed the game on the spotlighting of really celebrity pastors mm. and kind of just the infatuation that that is right now. And essentially what they do, if you're not familiar, they take a photo of the pastor up there preaching um, where you can see kind of his outfit, but primarily his shoes, hence the name Preachers and Sneakers. And then they take a snapshot, a screenshot of whatever, you know, site you would get that, those shoes from. So if it was a pair of Gucci shoes, it'd be a screenshot of Gucci and then you'd see the price. And, oh, um, wow. you know, I think at first there was this, and, and primarily this is prosperity gospel preachers, and then it slowly spilled its way over into, you know, just some larger churches in our country. And at first there was an uproar of people in the comments that how, how dare you, you know, <laughs> How dare you speak against the blessing of God and all of these things? And right. slowly, you know, this guy started this channel really just because he liked shoes. <laughs> it wasn't an ill will to sit here and question all these pastors, but I think it has been helpful. I think it's made a lot of these celebrity pastors question, you know, what am I, what am I putting off here? Am I really just only focused on how can I be relevant and cool? Or is this just who I am? Yeah. And I, I think that that is an important distinction that we are here to make today is not a, that having expensive shoes is a bad thing. Um, okay. That having cool things is a bad thing. Yeah. No doubt. Well, let me let me throw this out for you guys. And for our for our global audience, it's important. I, I do want to say, since you aren't with us and you don't maybe know my sense of humor, I have no <laughs> piercings. I have no None tattoos. Really I do not even have a mohawk. I am one of the most straight laced, serious people. So I, I don't I don't get silly and fun a whole lot. <laughs> Yet at the same time, I do like flashy shirts. And my favorite designer, whom I have never owned a shirt of, but I keep on waiting for the 80% off clearance to right, happen. Write this down for Christmas uh, presents. Yeah, please. Robert Graham <laughs> is yes. my favorite designer. Yes. Right? Yes. So let it's me a just good say, preacher, too. Yes. 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 I, I never connected those dots. Really? Is it the same guy? Probably not. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Probably not. Here, here's the thing. <laughs> Uh, you know, those shirts typically are about 250 plus, depending yes. on the, the embellishments on the shirt. But so, you can buy those from one of our new sponsors, Steinmart, <laughs> for a greatly reduced price. Are they yeah. still around? Well, no, they're out of business, but okay. yeah. we'll take their endorsement. Yeah, unfortunately, I have to shop in the big and tall. and you know They have a section at Steinmart. No way. A big and tall. But they, again. You're saying they used to because they're, they're out, out of business, business now? Yes. Mm, okay. Try Nordstrom's Rack. Rest I, in peace, I, Maybe TJ Maxx. Maybe mm. they have one of those in there. Uh, anyway, the serious question is, is there something flawed within me to want a Robert Graham shirt? No, you look good in them. No, there's nothing That's wrong it. with that. Wow. Nothing, yeah. Well, you could, audience, know. you could have heard a pin drop in here. <laughs> I, I think there's some fear of calling me out. I just jumped out there and said, no, I don't think so, right? But I hope not. You can afford that or you know, yes. find them on eBay or whatever. 
eBay, Amazon, whatever. Michael, yeah. what do you think? No, because it's who you <laughs> Please. are. You're you're ex- you're expressing who you are, and it's not it's not everything to you. This shirt isn't everything to you. It's not. It doesn't give you worth. It doesn't give you. I mean, it's the way you express maybe your identity, but it's the way you express yourself. It's not the it that you're chasing, mm-hmm. and so. You know, we talk about the question, what's what's most important? So I think about that when I think of in the church setting, the way it expresses itself. When we ask what's most important, does the it, does it, does it flow from what's most important? Does it accomplish and help accomplish the vision and mission that we've been called to as a church? Or does it distract from that? Our job is to remove distractions. In, yes. in, in, in this, when we just talk about church in general and the service, our church services, how can we remove those distractions? Is it distracting? I ask that question when I buy clothes is this distracting is this yeah. is this hey is this who i am am i trying to be somebody i'm not are we singing songs that we aren't that is really not who we are as a church as a people does it benefit what's most important with the largest amount of impact there's layers to this right there's individual is it who right. i am am i chasing somebody i'm not but also is it who we are as a people as a local church all right so that brings up context let's push pause into that come back to that in a, in, in a couple minutes because i definitely want to talk context and even you know pick our own context and church apart just a little bit but before we do that let's go into our go no go segment (laughs) if you're new to the podcast then this is a part of our show where we highlight movies books podcasts things that have been helpful but also things we feel are a complete waste of time perhaps our favorite part yes so let's let's go ahead and talk about go no go i'll throw out the first one real quick uh on netflix right now there is a documentary called 14 peaks Mm mm-hmm and I am, I am again, because of my big and tall nature, I have done zero mountain climbing. <laughs> I want to be clear on that. Yes. Uh, matter of fact, one of the funnest things I've ever done is I was taking my family in to go look at a pair of tennis shoes at REI. And I walked in, and the first person that walked up to me said, hey, can I help you? And I said, yes, I'm getting ready to go to Everest, and I need all of the gear, <laughs> all the nice. harnesses and everything. Yes. Can you help me? Yes. And the person was flabbergasted. Yes. And then I busted out laughing. So I thought you were preachers and sneakers. Yes. Hey, the, this is a, a mountain climbing documentary. There are 14 peaks in the world that are over 8,000 meters, so 24,000-plus feet. They're all in Pakistan, China, and Nepal. And the current world record or the previous world record was 16 years to climb those 14 peaks. And there's a Nepal climber. You're not going to ruin this for us. No, 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 no. no. There's a Nepalese climber that decided he was going to lead an all Nepalese Sherpa team the best in the world to climb these 14 peaks. And this is a documentary about it. It's fascinating. Wow. And for me, at least inspirational. Yes. Right. So okay. it's a major go for me. Okay. You said 14 peaks. I did not twin okay. peaks, right, but wanna, 14. I want to clarify. <laughs> yes. That that's, and that's a go. Uh, the 14. 14 peaks is a go. Twin okay. peaks is a no go. No go. Okay. Yes. Good. Um, but I'm always amazed at the, at the difference between our goes and no goes. <laughs> Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, gold toe yeah, socks. Yes, that, that's yeah. a go. <laughs> My go is Nate Bergazzi. <laughs> Nate Bergazzi. Yes. Yeah, I just think. You know, I mean, we do books and movies and podcasts and all that. But if you've not, if you have not heard Nate, he's a great comedian, very clean comedian. Yes. And just hilarious, very deadpan approach and, and presentation, but mm. just. He's just, he's one of my favorites right now. I love his stuff, and he just continues to pour out good content and just funny. Just, just when you think he can't get any funnier than he is, 
he, he brings something else out that just kind of gets you rolling. So well, I if think you all listen of us, to him, you should. Yes, that's. I think all three of us would say that yes. is three snaps and Z formation yes. all yes. ago on that. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, how about Shout you? Shout out to Nate. Yeah, Nate Bargatze's the best. Yes, uh, saw him live a few months ago, and you've was, seen him twice. That was yeah. my third time. Oh, actually. three oh, times! Wow. Yeah. Wow. wow. The last one was honestly he crushed it. Um, so. <laughs> Highly recommend Nate. Mine is also less serious. I mean, as pastors, we get resources all the time. Hey, you got to listen to this podcast about church leadership, and all those things are wonderful, but we need to laugh and just kind of enjoy being a normal human sometimes. And uh, there's a show on Disney Plus. It's called Hawkeye. Oh, Mash. Um, Loved him in Mash. Yes, that was great. Yes. What's Mash? (laughs) (laughs) What year did that come out? I forgot. You're not over 40. I think that was about the Korean War, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. I think my dad used to watch that show, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Which I hear a lot from this guy. You know, yes. Yeah, my dad. Oh, yeah. Well, just me too. kidding. Uh, when you're over 40, sometimes yeah, that happens. happens. Mm. Yeah, Hawkeye's great. My wife and I are pumped every week to watch that show on Disney+. Plus. It's relatively oh. family-friendly. There's a little bit of a little bit of violence, but mostly probably, yeah, it's it's good. Is Forgive it me, I didn't connect. that. You're talking about Hawkeye, the new... Marvel series that's out. Yes, sir. Okay. Disney yeah. Plus. Is yeah. it animated? It is not. <laughs> it is I not. Disney only did animated. Sorry. Oh, my gosh. Good show. Yes. Cool. Context. Context. Thank you so much for that setup, Ronnie. That's exactly what we need to talk about. Yes. My question is, let's, in, our, in our closing thoughts for this episode... Let's let's just look at our own church because we do we're multi venue mm-hmm. so we're doing three different styles of worship on our campus. Now, I think let me preface all this by saying none of us I think if we're planting a church are going to do three styles of worship. Mm-hmm. It It's very expensive. Mm-hmm. It does at some level create an inherent division in the church or at least separation in the church. Yeah. But that's the context that we have being a five-generation church. So we do modern, we do traditional, and we also do Spanish. Yes. And, you know, look, if we had a huge Hawaiian population, I would vote for, you know, hula service as well. I want to meet the people where they're at, and that's just our context. However... <laughs> so I just said... <laughs> what's that? I just had images of a hula service. Have you uh, not seen Everybody one wearing coconut bras. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I was thinking more polka, but hula's, well, hula's fine. I've actually participated in one at none other than Saddleback Church. Really? Yeah, grass skirts, people leading worship in grass skirts, and it was really cool. Was Rick in a grass skirt? No, Rick was video fed into that service. Okay. Yeah. Because that would be cool. We digress. Let's talk about our church. So I do think that it's stark the difference between what we do technologically in our traditional service, piano, organ, choir, microphones, projection, basics, and then what we do in our modern service, mm-hmm. yeah. where we have moving lights. And while I don't think we have any lasers, it might to some people feel like we do. We definitely have haze. haze. What was that phrase someone said the other day? More haze, more praise. More haze, more <laughs> praise. That was a joke, by the way. That's a big we joke. We don't actually okay? believe that. More haze, more uh, praise. But we do use haze to accentuate lighting. Mm-hmm. So are we chasing cool by having all these things in modern worship? Yeah, I think of, of course we are. I think we are chasing cool really we're chasing relevance we're we're trying to create an atmosphere that is comfortable to worship Jesus in 2021 but we are doing it in a way that's true to us and I think it it really just comes back to we don't want there to be distractions our job is to remove distractions and point to the the mission and vision of of who God's called us to be and so that is like one way we're chasing it but we're chasing it through the lens and vision of what we're called to be I think that's a good point you know, could we do without it? Sure. 
we could yeah. we could still have worship without all that. 100%. But I think also the reality that we have a generation that their first real experience with worship was youth camp. Yeah. And so now we are trying to create an environment where people connect to God. Even you look at traditional, the reason we do that, because that's, for a lot of people, that's how they grew up. Yeah. Right. That's still special to me. Yep. And so I think the motive behind that is pure for us, that we want to do it to help people connect to God in a way that's comfortable, maybe not the right word, but that they really feel that they can connect. Well, I would agree 100% with what you guys are saying, and there are some caveats and some warnings along the way that we, we do need to evaluate ourselves sure. on decisions that we make and money that Constantly. we spend. Yeah. Is this really adding to people's intimacy with the Lord, yeah. or is it a concert? Right. Yeah. I will say this. If you've not ever experienced great production in church, and I don't mean for a show, I'm, I mean things like we chase after artistry we want great design, and we want artistry at all levels in our music, in our technical. And one of the things I've seen recently, we've got this incredible new staff member, Drew Broyles, uh, on our team. Yay to Drew. He's, he's actually cool. in this room hey, engineering for us right now. But he's our technical uh, director, if that's the right title. One of the things I've noticed since he's come that I've really been impressed with is that I've never seen this before, and I'm sure it's commonplace at other churches, but the fact that the way the lights are used on stage pair with the music, with the intensity of the music, with the moments, and so lights are changing to reflect the emotion that we are feeling in the room as well, and it just accentuates everything. And when I can connect with God through lights, I know that seems crazy, but through lights, through music, through sound, through the ambiance in the room, it just brings more out of me, which I find very appealing. Yeah. Yeah. And he wears cool hats. Does so, he? Shout out to Drew. He does. I don't know what they mean, but he's cool. <laughs> okay. Final thought for this podcast. I have a dear friend of mine, Chris Shopmeyer. He serves at Pine Lake in Jackson, Mississippi, small little 100-member church out there. And one of the things that he said to me a long time ago... <laughs> Thank you. That was his humor. Yes. We need a laugh track or something. <laughs> One of the things that he said to me a long time ago, he said, Christopher, beware the icing. Mm. Uh, and that really pairs with our what's most important thing. And so in worship, in preaching, in what we wear, if a cake, the most important part of a cake is the actual cake, mm -hmm. then no matter what fondant and decoration you put on top of it, if the cake is no good and no one's going to eat it, then it doesn't matter all the extra icing you put on it. Yep. That's, that's right. Is that cool? Is that's that fair? Good. Yes. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Crazy Pastors. As always, if you have a crazy pastor story to share or would like us to discuss a specific topic, please email those to crazypastors at firstburleson.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.